Welcome to Untangling Christianity. On this show, John and Greg attempt to diffuse destructive ideologies, unsnarl confused ideas, consider love and truth in Christianity. All right, today we're going to talk about core values. You might think, what a boring topic. But it's actually not. So hopefully hopefully you'll see why in a little bit here. So Greg mentioned to me that he was doing some discussion of core values with his church group and kind of in the context of Christianity. And that really piqued my attention because hmm, seven or eight years ago, I was taking a continuing education class in project management. And I got way more than I bargained for when it came to understanding myself and understanding other people. One of the topics that we covered in one of these classes, which was life-changing, was the notion of values and that we all have them. Whether you want to call them core values, you want to call them preferences. Each of us, in the uniqueness of who we are, has things that we value And the interesting thing about these values is that even if two people have, quote, the same values, they often prioritize those values in different order. So I'd love to throw this around today with you, Greg, in terms of, uh, yeah, where, where do you see Christianity intersecting with this? I'll be really Mm -hmm. upfront. I, I, I don't, I'm very skeptical of this, I guess. I don't know. Or maybe I've just seen so much bad Christianity done in, under the banner of what you quote should Mm. value and what you should do that uh, I have a very high value around not being shoulded on. So, (laughs) (laughs) so if that value gets triggered, you'll probably see it. Nice. So, and I also want to put in just a a little call to action too. Uh, Just a side note: I'm working on a professional coaching certification, and I need more hours. And by more hours, that means I just need to do coaching sessions with people to build up my hours and experience and that kind of stuff. So, core value work, life purpose. I'm stuck in a job I don't like. How do I get something better? I have the situation in my life. I can't move forward. I can't figure out how. I'd like to work with someone. That's totally the kind of work I'm doing. And if that's something that's of interest to you, uh, let me know through uh, feedback at untanglingchristianity.com. There's no charge for the first session. There's no obligation to future sessions. I'm just kind of casting the net here as wide as I can in terms of uh, potential people to uh, get more time with. So that's of interest. Let us know or let me know. So I'm going to be sending you an email. Yeah. Well, maybe I can just tell you now. <laughs> oh, you want to do a you want to do a coaching session right now? Well, not right right now, but in, in the near future. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're always open for business. So, this core values thing. Are you when you said core values to me? Is were you how much on the how much on the same page are we so far? Well, I'm not. I'm not too sure. Um, why don't I give you a sense of where I was coming from with this? So I mean, the, originally there was a there was a question on a, a questionnaire, and let me just see if I've got that questionnaire lingering right in front of me. I believe that I do, and the question looks like pulling it out of the 
sheet here? Okay. So I offered a questionnaire to folks at my um, church discussion group when we started getting into the thick of things, and it became very difficult for certain people to move forward. And as a result, they began throwing up oodles and oodles of, of obstacles. Unfortunately, almost none of those had really any real substance and just, just, just tying things up. So I went to a different direction thinking, okay, well, maybe it's a lack of um, expectation setting on my part, uh, partially, that is, uh, you know, the reason why we are meeting these obstacles. People were not aware. It was going to be this tough. They were not aware it was going to be demanding in these ways. And so one of the questions I asked them was, what about your Christian life satisfies you? And then I put in brackets, in other words, what value is your Christian life to you now in your day-to-day activities? And then out of this, one of the participants, and actually I'll, I'll out that participant as my spouse, um, who... who um, she loves the color, so she's always there with these pencil crayons, and she's coloring, and so... And, and she, she's awesomely and, artistic. She, she, she is, but, and she's also got a pretty good handle on some of the stuff. She, she, she knows the, the material, not, not in the sense that we've worked it over together, but that a lot of this material is uh, informed by my time at Labrie, which was also Susan's time at Labrie. So she's familiar. So I think she has, to- she has good stinky radar like I do. <laughs> 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 if there's, if there's anything amiss, she's, I think in fact, in fact, I'd say she's way quicker than I am in terms of like, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense. This doesn't add up. So well, yes, she's awesome. There's, Continue. There's that. And she also will often just sit, she's kind of in the corner with her head down, just coloring. And so at times I'll just look over and go, Hey, get with the crayons. What do you think? <laughs> get with the crayons. One of the things that she said, you know, what about your Christianity satisfies you? My Christianity aligns with my core values. And this, I, I picked up on this answer because it was very, very different than all of the other answers I was getting. And I think the, the difficulty that I saw with the other answers is that they weren't really, they were very marginally answering the question. The question they were really answering was, what about your Christianity do you like? What makes you feel good? And a lot of it had to do with how it affects other people. I get to help people. I get to do things with people. I get to build community. I get to do this and this and this. But there was nothing about, well, what about building community is satisfying? What about helping people is satisfying? What is your gain in this? Right? Which seems to be a very difficult question for some Christians to answer because they have this idea that they're not supposed to gain anything. Yeah. So the whole piece about core values, that's the direction I'm going in. Okay, yeah, I think I'm going in a slightly different direction, but I think okay. there's some I think there's some decent overlap in the sense that what I learned about core values and I guess what was so illuminating to me was when you're really clear about what your core values are, mm-hmm. there's several things here. First, you're clear about what your values are. Then you're clear of the order and priority that you give to those values and how you typically live them out. Mm-hmm. And then the way that you live life and experience life is in alignment with those things. Mm-hmm. 
things go really, really well. Mm-hmm. Not perfectly. You know, we're here in a world that's kind of falling apart, but things go a lot better. In other words, you're not, you're in alignment with kind of, I guess, I don't know, the best version of yourself. And so when yes. you're in alignment with yourself, things work a lot better. So, and, and so I think, yeah, I think there's a tie into Christianity here and that I feel like some of the bad Christianity out there says, well, well, here, these should be your core values. Again, the should word came up. Whenever the, and the, the, whenever that word comes up, there's I hear there's judgment, there's um, this is, you know, kind of my prescription for what you need to be doing. Um, mm. And so, yeah, and I think this comes in very subtle ways. I mean, the, the best way to kind of, I don't know, illustrate this just so that we're kind of on the same page and then we can see where you want to go with it is... Like to to put down a couple of values. So, like I just wrote down some before we started here. Which, so, uh, uh, say telling the truth, mm. kindness, uh, life at all costs, mm. and nonviolence. Mm. So, if you let's say let's say your highest values, we're just making stuff up here, are telling the truth, kindness, and protecting others, and nonviolence. Mm-hmm. And someone's banging on the door, and they say you're 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 hiding a, a fugitive that's been unfairly charged with a crime. <laughs> and the police are banging on the door, and they're like, "Okay, is Fred? I don't know why Fred always comes up as a generic name, but he does. Is Fred inside? So if you if you like if your absolute highest value is telling the truth." You're probably going to tell them Fred's inside. If your absolute mm-hmm. highest value is protecting others, mm-hmm. you're probably going to lie, or you might mm-hmm. lie, because that mm-hmm. because those two values, protecting others and telling the truth, are they're they're in conflict, and only one can win. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of times in our lives, we don't realize that all these things are going on on a micro level, like all day long. So you mm-hmm. see this in working environments. Someone values autonomy, like just kind of the ability to just kind of do whatever they want. Someone else values on-time delivery and precision. (laughs) Those two people are going to clash, like constantly. Mm -hmm. And they're going to be really frustrated with each other. And the one person is going to say, you should turn in your stuff on time. The other person will say, well, you should be more flexible. You should just let me do what I need to do. And they're both right. Like, that's the thing with values, and that's initially the thing that made me a little uncomfortable, but I'm really at peace with it. It makes a lot of sense with me, is the best way to approach these things is without any judgment. In other words, the only person you can really judge is yourself about, like, what you value and whether that makes sense and whether that's who you want to be. But Mm -hmm. turning that on someone else and saying, well, you know, Greg, I think your values are out of order. You know, this one should be higher than this one than this one. But yeah, some really interesting stuff comes up when you start. One, you've clearly identified what they are. Two, you figure Mm -hmm. out what priority they are. And then how is this going on in my life? Am I living this? Am I not? And so when you mentioned this in the context of your church group, I'm thinking, oh, so I think you sent me the questions at one point. I think one of them was, you know, do we get our values from the Bible? And I don't know, that one comes with a lot of baggage for me. So I don't, 
I don't. In other words, if someone were to come to me and say, "Well, John, you know, the these are the 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 top five values from the Bible, and so、um, you need to live your life in alignment with these," I don't know that I would be opposed to it, but I don't know. I just, I the more I play with this stuff and and work with it and live it, the more I'm just like, I really feel like these things are kind of an intrinsic part of us. Mm-hmm. Unless they're totally immoral, like if your highest value is killing other people,、um, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know what to do with that one. I, I, the, like there, there are some things I don't fit that don't fit in here, but、uh-huh. uh, hopefully those are somewhat obvious. So I don't know that those those are my thoughts on values and I guess how they would intersect with Christianity. I'm curious what you would do with that. Well, I can tell this is going to be an interesting conversation. Good, because hopefully you disagree with me, because those those are the best ones. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> um, no, like I, I, I think a lot of what you say, I, I would agree with. It makes sense to me. I, I do think that, um, like I think, I mean, yeah, most times, uh. This tends to get pretty complicated when we're trying to figure out,、uh, you know, determine what our actions are based on our values. Normally, we 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 act, and then we would attribute the action to something or other. If somebody pushed us to say, "Why did you do that? What was the cause of that?、Uh, what were you thinking? Or what was your reasoning?" I mean, I I、um, that whole question for Christians of where do your values come from, um, um. I would agree with you that there are things innately within us. I would also say, though, that those things can stand or bear or require correction. They require help or assistance. And、um, you know, not to say that anyone who has a, a value—I、uh, don't know—it depends on how you're going to frame it, right? Because you you sent me a list of、uh, some core values here. You know, authenticity, achievement, adventure, authority, autonomy, balance, and I guess I don't see any of those things as none of those are in my core value set. Right, my my core values、um, are love and truth, truth and love, and out of those things flow a lot of stuff. And、um, excluded from those things, you might say, well, what could you possibly exclude? Well. I would exclude quite a bit,、um, but I think on the surface of it, it wouldn't be too obvious because I think, like your example, was someone saying that they want to, you know, their highest value is killing people. But I, I, my guess is, and I'm not meaning to, I'm not meaning to pick on certain groups over other groups. But I'm just going to use some examples that I hope seem obvious. So if if I'm a, I don't know if I'm a hitman or something, I don't think my value is killing people. I think my value is looking out for myself. Right, or if I'm or、um, making money, or making money, yeah, feeling powerful, feeling powerful,、um, and then none of those things in and of themselves, I think, are wrong. Okay, so yeah, so my example is, is okay, yeah, and no, and I guess I want to, I want to make a really strong point here too, that as people are listening to this discussion, this this topic is is extremely nuanced. <laughs> Yeah. So, so please don't take one sentence or one thing that one of us says and like take it like in a completely different direction. Like, 
I think this is going to be a really important conversation to just kind of, yeah, don't hit stop right after, you know, John said, well, some people might have a value of killing people. Well, in other words, I feel like we're going to like untangle and unwrap a lot of stuff here that something we said 10 minutes ago, maybe a little more refined. So I like, I, I think what you did with my example there was really valuable. Okay. Good. Good. Yeah. I mean, I I think so. So yeah, that's a, that's an excellent point you just made and then you know underscoring how interwoven some of these things are and also i mean um this idea of how we see ourselves right what is my view of myself how do i understand myself how good of an interpreter or reader am i of my own actions of my own life because i think these come into play quite a bit i can attribute um if I am not a particularly skilled reader of myself, and by skilled I mean, um, you might say, well, how, how would you determine such a thing? And I think, first of all, you've put in some time and you've had some practice. Second of all, you've had some people who have also put in some time and put in some practice and know you and know your story and are giving you feedback. And if you've got two, three, four skilled people and they're, they're giving you uh, feedback on whatever part of your life uh, you know, they may be exposed to whatever situations and incidents or background. And that feedback feedback is, is, is you know, different from your own. Th- that, that's quite a bit to think about. You know, in other words, am I missing something? Am I being too charitable? Am I being too uncharitable to myself? Am I seeing myself in too favorable or unfavorable a light? And trying to, you know, hit that sweet spot is a very difficult thing. And th- there is no exact... Um, you can't take the tuning fork once you think you're humming the right note. If that's, you know, if we use a, a, a musical metaphor to, or analogy rather, it, it, there, there is no absolute tuning fork you can use. And I think this is part of the issue when we come back to this question of where do your values from, values uh, come from as a Christian? Because someone might say, well, my values come from the Bible. And, and how does that work for you? Well, that's how I read the Bible. That's what I'm what's written right there. And of course, we've had many discussions about, well, people don't just read what's written. We interpret that. And then how are you interpreting that? Uh, on what basis? How are you understanding those things? And yeah, so and I so, think this... Well, go yeah, ahead. No, and I think... See, what jumps out at me there is there's a... There's, there's a there's a few different ways to go about this. And so back to the real quick on the values list. So one way, if you're not to a listener out there, if you're just like, I have no idea what my core values are. Sometimes what helps is to just look at a list of them and just Mm -hmm. kind of pick from that list. But what, what I think you just raised though, is I really firmly believe that some of these things are just intrinsically a part of us. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of the direction that you're, <laughs> in other words, to me, what's critical here is the direction that you go about this. So if, if you're just a blank slate in an empty nobody, and you're just going to read the Bible to figure out what your values should be, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think that's going to be ultimately very satisfying versus <laughs> the versus here's who I am. These are the things I value. Hmm. Let me let me look mm-hmm. at these things that I value and see how well those things are serving me and if these are really a good idea. And if I'm a Christian, mm-hmm. if they're in alignment with what Christianity teaches. Right. I'm just, I don't know, yeah. I, my alarms all go off 
when when it's the other direction of like I'm just you know I'm just this empty again this empty nobody and so because I'm an empty nobody and I'm you know fallen or sinful or whatever I just got to go to the Bible to get all the answers because I can't figure it out myself I don't know myself at all and again I'm a nobody so I just have to get this information from somewhere else that gets me fired up as you can tell as I could tell. Well, I mean, that's a very modernist, philosophically speaking, it's a very modernist perspective. It's this idea of, of if you don't have it, of gaining neutrality, of becoming neutral and becoming this sort of neutral observer, non-participant almost, in order to uh, arrive at proper understandings. And Wait, so what, my, my approach is modern or? No, no, the approach you're critiquing, I think, is modern. Oh, okay. It's very modernist, right? And I don't think, so uh, in other words, but, but in other words, I don't think that that actually exists. The example in, in sort of a Christian context, which uh, would most closely match that, and I think does have s- some merit to speak about, is this idea that, uh, you know, when people are, are, are born uh, into Christian families that have been, uh, that are very immersed in Christian subcultures, in other words, that it seems as though you're Christian from birth, which of course, theologically, experientially, we, we know this to be false, right? Um, it's, it's a very clear reality that people aren't born Christians, they become them. Um, you can be born Jewish, or you could be born Armenian, but you can't be born Christian, not in a theological sense. And so... Um, I think it's, you know, it's, it's both an advantage and a disadvantage depending upon your upbringing, whether <clears throat> you're more, you know, immersed in a Christian uh, sort of way of being, way of understanding the world through your family, through your, all of the connections that you have, maybe all your relatives. I, I don't know. I can get pretty, pretty all encompassing, right? But I think this idea that, yeah, I think, but I want to get back to your comment about we, we, we just come with these values. We have them. And I would say yes, and we have them because of certain things. So I value certain things because they've been meaningful to me, or they push back against things that have been hurtful and harmful to me, or I've taken a stand on something and it's worked out this way or that way. And that, I think, is part of this process of self-understanding. That's part of that process I was getting at about being a good reader being a good interpreter of myself and my background and how that background and my interaction with that background, my, my acting and my suffering, right, have produced certain things about my, to do with my understanding and my experiences. Yeah. And I would think, yeah. And I would interject here that, that I think it's a combination of kind of nurture, nature, experience, Mm -hmm. uh, all kinds of different things. I yeah, I don't think that we're like born. Nah, I don't know. I think we're born wired in certain ways. Sure. So some people are just kind of laid back and uh, passive, not in a negative way, but they're just mm-hmm. and and that's just kind of who they are. And those people are probably going to tend to value and you know less intense things. That's just mm-hmm. kind of who they are. But yeah, then I think other other values and things, other things that we value can be formed by our experiences, positive, negative, mm-hmm. otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, maybe this whole idea of personality f- flavors your take on things. It, it, it preferences you in certain ways. Uh, that's how I would see it. But I think in terms of 
the Bible having input, I think the picture, I think what the Bible's doing, I think what, what, what the biblical authors have attempted to do and what their, their kind of um, global effect through the various different writings, the various different books, is to cast or portray human beings as being certain types of beings, and certainly to portray God as being a certain type of being, and ultimately to um, portray better and worse, maybe even ideal and worse, ways of relationship between these two entities, right? So this is what I often say the Bible is about who what God is, who what human beings are, and how the two are best to relate. But in terms of that human being part, I think what it's doing is it's helping us to understand that there are certain things that human beings need. There are certain things that human beings have a tendency of doing. Some of those things we have a tendency of doing are not helpful, right? And it doesn't take long, you don't have to live in this world very long to see some validity in these ideas. What exactly we would say about, you know, these are the things that are not helpful, these are the things that are, these are the things we don't need, these are the things we do, we, we might differ on that. But I think the biblical text is offering some very sound presentations of what those various things are, positively and negatively. And so when I'm talking about core values being related to the Bible, I'm talking about the things that the biblical text is advocating. Human beings need this. Human beings tend to do this. But these things are problematic. These things are positive, right? And so what I'm drawing from the biblical text as core values, when I'm talking about love and truth, these are the, the, the quintessential elements, if you like, of right relationality with God, between me and God. And why do I need this? Because this is a relationship that ironically allows me to be most me, to be fullest me, and to be in a mode of being, not all the time, but, but more so than any other, to be in a mode of being that if you were to quote, if you were to look at what Jesus was saying in, early in the book of John there, this idea of flourishing, right? This idea of living life abundantly. So um, love and truth are things that I choose to promote above all other things. And if I see an absence of those things in any particular way, I become more um, alert and more suspicious than I do of other things. So that's kind of where I'm going with this, this core value idea, but also the way that it fleshes out is very personal, right? So there is where I would connect with what you're saying about, yeah, we have as individuals, given our perhaps distinct and um, particular personalities and ways of being in the world, we have our own flourish, our own take on how these things can be um, expressed mm -hmm. on how they um, find, um, you know, purchase in, in our lives. And so I think that's the part that I was really trying to push people towards. But I was also trying to push them towards thinking about, well, what are these core views? You know, and most people tend to look at, most Christians that I've met, tend to look at sort of pictures of who God is and say, this is who God is, and I'm supposed to be like God, and therefore I'm supposed to be like this. 
And my response is, well, no, I think my response, I think what, what I'm supposed to do is I'm supposed to be rightly related with God. Does that mean being Christ-like in character? Um, yeah, I think so. But that Christ-likeness is also very human. Right? And so for me, what I'm seeing is, you could say that this is an essentialist argument, and some people don't believe in this. And the essentialist argument is, there are certain things about human beings that are at the core or essence of what it is to be human. Gathering or cultivating these things allows us to be more human or most human. And some people would say, no, that's not possible. There's no such thing. How would you know? Um, and of course, this is all, these are wagers, right? I'm, I'm, on the one hand, I would say I'm speculating, but I think I'm doing more than speculating because mm. I'm speculating on the, or I'm wagering rather on the basis of um, both information that I've found to be valuable. So the biblical text, but also um, my own experience, I'm living through certain things, trying it out, you know, our experiences in terms of relationships and living in the world are, are it's like being in a lab. It's, it's test cases, right? Sometimes things go really crappy and you say, I'm not going to do that again. Uh, or they, they go sideways and you think, what happened there? And you realize something screwed up and you recognize what that is. Maybe you can isolate that and you can say, okay, this is something that's just not a component that's going to work out well if the relationship's going to go well. And other times things go really well and you say, okay, that's a model. That's a benchmark. I'm going to try to replicate that. So what views or ways of, what, what have you refined, like in the process of looking at this idea of core values with this group? Like mm. what, how's that refined your thinking? It's a good question. I don't, uh, I, I, first of all, with the group, I would say that we, we're, we're just touching on it. Um, and, and it's interesting because the question that I ask them, I'll just read you two or three questions that I ask them. But each question has a follow-up, and it's really been the follow-ups to the questions that have been the important parts for me. And I hope that they will take the follow-up seriously. So the first question is, what are your core values? List one to three of them. Okay, fair enough. And then what makes these particular values core for you? So that's the follow-up piece. So what it is, is it about them that makes them core? So on the one hand, there's knowing myself enough to know these are my values. On the other hand, there's the question of why are those values more highly regarded than others? The second one is, should Christians determine their core values from the Bible or establish them based on their life experience? Yeah, that was the question that triggered me. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want to... No, that's, no, no, that's what I've been talking... Yeah, no, that's what... I think this... Yeah, when you sent this to me, that was the one I was like, oh, well, I don't know about that one. So go ahead. Okay, yeah. okay. Well, and my follow-up on that one was, how would you go about formulating an answer to this question? So the very first thing, I, I'm not, I'm not that as interested in what people's answer is. I think... I, I You know, this is a group now that we've kind of whittled ourselves down to a number of people who are willing to be quite serious about some of these topics. I, I don't think that they necessarily would all say that they agree with whatever they may think of the, the, the perspective I'm taking, but they're all quite um, interested in engaging. So I'm going to be interested to hear what they have to say about this part, because how you formulate your answer here, I think that is the really tricky part. You know, and most Christians, most of the time, I think they start going down the road that you went down 
And then it's like, you know, you've got a door, maybe you're trying to take a screen door out of a runner, a screen door for, you know, goes out on the patio and you get it out so far and then it just snaps back in as soon as you let your hand go a little bit. And I think that's what happens for a lot of Christians is it seems like, okay, yeah, life experience, that's really important. And I see how that plays in and I see how that plays in. And then all of a sudden it's bang. No, it's got to be the Bible. (laughs) It's got to be the Bible. What am I thinking? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think that's because my hunch is that's because they have not been taught uh, how to integrate their experience and their their understanding from the Bible. And in fact, they may have been uh, taught not to do that. You know, we've had many conversations about the quote-unquote unreliability of experience, the unreliability of emotions. And I think that all of these things are, have an element of truth to them while not being fully true. You know, because clearly I am I'm interpreting the Bible in as much as I'm interpreting myself, you know, and how much weight I give to these things. Again, that's the whole question. How would you go about formulating this? And I think we could spend weeks, weeks, and weeks on this. But um, the third question, and I'll leave it there, is how would you go about either determining biblical core values or establishing personal core values? So how would you, that's kind of the next step on, name one or two ways that your upbringing or background informs your answer. So there I'm, I'm kind of leading the witness a little bit to get them to think, okay, what was my background? What is my background telling me? You know, and how seriously do I see that, right? Do I take that background right now? Yeah, yeah, I see you encouraging just some self-reflection. Okay, no good. Do you want to go back to that second question? Well, I feel like I've already kind of talked about I mean... Okay. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you were to, if you were to ask me, okay, so how would I approach this? I think... I think I would still want to use... And again, I don't know how much of this is because of, of my past, but I think I would start with myself and I would want to, I, well, I would do it basically the way I've done it, which is to take a list of values and play with them and sit with them for a long period. That's the other part of this process I found for myself is this is not like a 10 minute overnight process. It's been mm-hmm. probably six, seven, eight years of just, I have a list of words and just kind of mm-hmm. sometimes for the most part, the list is static. But occasionally a, a word enters and a word leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, but kind of over time, I've kind of sifted and polished, polished this list to kind of get it to what it is. I think mm-hmm. I would want to get to that list and then I would want to say, okay, are any of these things that I value? Um, I'm still, I'm still kind of grappling with the whole, uh, you know, authority of Christianity and scripture and all that. So, I don't know that right. my next natural step would be like, well, is this biblical or not? Or is this, <laughs> you know, that, probably not going to go down that path, at least today. But right. I think the question that I would be asking myself is, do these things that I, do these things that I value, are they helping me to live effectively? Mm. And, and are there any downsides to these values? Mm-hmm. And that's really interesting because, when you were explaining that, and as you, I was looking at this list of values that you sent me, my first response was, none of these are my core values, and I agree with all of them. <laughs> and when you said, are they helping me to live effectively? I guess I'm at the place where I believe through both 
what I'm reading in the biblical text and what I'm experiencing as a human being living in the world when that living goes well, that love and truth, truth and love are what allow me to live best. And so when I look at values, I look at them in any particular context and say, in this context, does exercising this value or that value or does orienting myself in this way or that way, does this orientation or, if you like, combination of values, does it allow me to maximize truth and love, love and truth? And if it does, that's the way to go. Because I'm already convinced, if you like, uh, that those two things, those two requisites, maximize both what it is to live rightly in the world, and so I, I value myself most, right? And they allow for the greatest possibilities of the greatest good. And that good can be happiness. That good can be, you know, um, the realization of someone's um, ability to um, act in certain ways that um, allow them to um, flourish, that um, promote the, uh, yeah, my, 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 my commitment and connection to various people and various things. And so um, any sorts, whether it's, whether it's authenticity, whether it's um, persistence or whether any of these sort of virtues, I guess, like I might, I might, maybe I would differentiate between values and virtues, right? And that virtues are certain ways of being in the world, whereas values are certain key orientations that virtues contribute to realizing. Okay, virtues so what allow you to bring them about? Okay, so one of my values is peace and tranquility. Right. How does that fit into love and truth? Well, and I would see that the peace and tranquility, like true peace, uh, as an end state, you know? So I would say, I, I would say two things. I would say... Tranquility. Let's, house, peace Peace has all kinds of different, you know, war and peace and peace yeah. and... Like, let's, let's just, let's use tranquility. Tranquility to me is, you know, in a beautiful spot, all is well with the world. It's, it's just tranquil there's no chaos it's just everything's uh, uh sitting under a palm tree in a tropical island that's tranquility <laughs> <laughs> and i'll take that wherever i can find it even if it's you know for 15 minutes in my little office at home where it's just me and my cup of coffee like that helps me to mm -hmm. feel centered and mm -hmm. all is well with the world so tranquility so how does tranquility fit into love and truth well, I would say on the broadest level that tranquility for me or peace in my situation, I would still use them both, are the result of um, me maximizing my connection with and dedication to love and truth, truth and love. So it's a result. Peace, I don't think, is uh, something that is, is not a virtue. Oh, kind of like pursuing result. happiness. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, maybe happiness, you could say, is also a result, whereas something like um, tenacity or um, generosity, these are virtues, and that when I exercise them, I'm exercising them, I guess, in the pursuit of something that is true, in the pursuit of something that is loving or that um, allows love to, to grow and to be um, communicated in a way that can be understood as that. 
So, um, yeah, I don't know if that answers. I don't know how much does that answer your question. I don't know. It, it, I don't know. It feels a little kind of like philosophical gymnastics. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> which, which you know, on one level, it's like, well, if if it all, I don't know. I I don't really. It's it's okay with me. It's like, well, if if that all works out and makes sense for you, then I think that's fine. Um, I I like my approach. <laughs> <laughs> You see, and this is, we could get into a different discussion here, this whole, this whole truth versus truth for me thing. Um, I, I would, I am, I'm aiming to promote the way that I see this as, as universally true, right? I'm aiming to promote love and truth as being core values in, in a, in an essentialist sense, they're core for humanity, right? You cannot survive well as a human being. If you don't have truth, and you cannot survive well as a human being if you don't have love. If you don't, if you're, if these aren't end goals of yours, you won't. And if they aren't, um, not just end goals, but if they aren't goods that you can uh, gather and achieve, and and also promote for others, you are not going to be able to be um, satisfied as a human being. So I'm totally, you know, and, and I, yeah, and I'm totally open to that. And it makes sense to me. I, yeah, my shield goes up though when I feel like they're being shoot on me. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> which again, that's I, I, that's my deal. <laughs> well, no, it's a, it's a, it's a good one too because it's a, the question is well, well, you know, how how would you know that? How how would you, Greg, know that, that, that these are values for me? And what would um, how would you go about um, uh, showing that, proving that, right, making that um, clear? And so, and I think that's, that's a lot of where this Sunday morning discussion group at my church is going, uh, because I'm not going to bring it out this way. I'm not going to say to them, listen, it's all about, you know, and I don't think it's all about love and truth, but I think that what we're looking to, to gain and achieve uh, cannot be gained. And part of its achievement involves, cannot be gained without, and part of its achievement involves love and truth, truth and love as fundamental um, yeah, goals and, and values, but yeah, I'm not going to shove that down their throats or present it to them in a, in a direct way, but rather to kind of go through the process with them and say, okay, so where are we at then? What, what sorts of things seem to be, um, what sort of tools do we need here? What sort of, um, um, you know, building blocks, uh, are we going to need, if we're going to make this sort of structure work, both, you know, work in terms of what does the biblical text seem to be um, indicating, uh, and what do the authors seem to be indicating with it, and, you know, what, what is your experience in real life? What's the feedback you're getting, right? What, what works, what doesn't work? How does it work in your relationship when you don't forgive people? How does it work in your relationship when you're not truthful? How does it work in your relationship um, when you... Um, you know, there's a problem and you don't want to look at it, right? And and just having some of these things play out and let, letting people, you know, we've all test drive, driven some of this stuff, right? We were kind of embarrassed usually to to talk about the results of the test driving because most times, most people would categorize the types of scenarios I've just painted as mistakes, right? Yeah, I shouldn't have done that. Uh, this was a bad call. Uh, this didn't work out well. 
you know, and if these things are true, if indeed it would have worked out better to be more truthful or, you know, the loving thing to do was to forgive the person, not to, to hold the grudge. And that even if I had to let the relationship go, um, then that's some of the proof I'm looking for to say, okay, these things seem to be essential for certain types of relationships. And of course, somebody might say to me, listen, I don't forgive anybody. That's not important to me. You know, and as soon as somebody lies to me, that's it, they're cut off, they're done. And I guess my response would be, well, I'm sure glad people forgave me because I needed that. Hmm. And, uh, you know, if I cut somebody off as soon as they lied, I'd be cutting myself off first. So I'm, you know, I'm not sure how that works out for you because um, I'm under the impression that nobody can be completely honest all the time. And so it's on the one hand pushing somebody to a point of saying, you know, and, and maybe not directly pushing them, but through the, the context of the discussion, you know, and, and maintaining the discussion for them to say, okay, yeah, you know what, this isn't consistent of me. I'm, I'm saying things because they really, they really bother me, right? The, the, and this is where that core value and that internal introspection, I think, comes in. We say, okay, I hold this value because it's, it's deeply painful to me when this type of thing happens, and I don't want that pain. And that... That's understandable, right? Or you might have somebody that says, no, you know what? I just refuse to, um, I refuse to acknowledge that love or truth, that forgiveness and, you know, honesty, that these things, or fairness or justice, that these things matter. And I don't know that I would actually believe that a human being is, is capable of living that out consistently. I, I don't think they, they are. But, it, you know, at the end of the day, I might just have to say, well, you and I are in very different camps, right? And, and I, I wish you well with that, but, but maybe that's where our discussion ends because as human beings, we seem to be different types of beings, at least in terms of what you're saying. So, you know, and then maybe that's the point for me where, where conversation has to stop. It's not whether someone's a Christian or not, but whether um, as a human being, they are living in the world in a way that um, actually, you know, over a long period of conversation, um, that actually works, that actually makes sense with what they're saying and with what they're believing. Um, you know, and I think, I think probably in most cases there won't be very much conversation, right? Because I don't think that you can be very... I don't think anyone can sustain these types of views. You mentioned a little a little bit ago, true, was it true, true for me? Yeah, what, where would that take us? Where, what would, if you were to kind of set that up as a, a jumping off point for next discussion, how would you, what where would you propose we go with that? Well, I think that, you see, this is one of the difficult areas where when we are talking about Christianity and its truth claims, I think Christians have this sense that um, non-Christians should just believe what's said. And I don't think that ever happens, right? I think it, the only time it happens is when we're children. And the funky thing is, uh, maybe it's valuable, maybe it's not. I tend to think it's questionable. When very young children become converted to Christianity, what are they being converted to? What's this truth thing? 
Well, they don't even have any truth of their own, really. They don't understand very much, other than that their mothers and fathers are these kind of, uh, you know, semi-divine things. Like, depending upon how old you are, you, you, your parents are like gods. But the truth and truth for me is this idea that, let's just say as an adult, as someone who is an adult considering Christianity, the more that you become a good reader of yourself, a good, uh, you have a, a, um, a sound, I guess, reading of your background, you understand who you are, your self-understanding is in place, there will be things that you will promote and adhere to as if you like truth for me, things that you would say are universal. So one of those things for me is um, you, you don't physically beat, you don't sexually abuse children. So, so my expression of that truth for me is, and I would universalize that, and my expression is if I saw somebody physically doing that in front of me, I don't think I could stop myself from interceding, right? I would, I would, I would, I would, would, would do whatever I could to stop the adult, no matter who that adult was and no matter what the circumstances are. So it's true for me. It's a universal that I'm promoting. And this idea of truth, when the Bible is claiming truth, whether it's claiming, you might say, ultimate truth or something like this, is this idea that truth, the truth I'm promoting, some of it through the process of living in the world to the process of becoming a good reader of myself, if I've put in the time, right, if I've put in the effort, if I've allowed experts like counselors and other people to have input into my life, some of those things I believe are true are really true. They are ultimately true. Some of them are not. Some of the ways I hold them are, are really ultimately valid. Some of them are less so. And so this truth and truth for me is really how... You know, on a number of levels, it could be how my my views align with um, really confirmed scientific views. But the the way that I'm mostly thinking about it is how do my views, my this truth for me, these these claims that I make towards ultimacy, like it's ultimately true that little children shouldn't be abused, they, sh they shouldn't be beaten up by adults, they shouldn't be sexually uh, aggressed upon by adults. How do those mesh with biblical truth claims? How is my truth, the truth for me, confirmed and how is it um, critiqued? And how does my truth for me impact my way of viewing biblical truth claims and understanding them? Thanks for listening to this episode of the Untangling Christianity podcast. A summary and resources for this episode are at our website, untanglingchristianity.com. If you'd like to join our private Facebook group or reach us by email, send your requests, questions, or even a simple hello to feedback at untanglingchristianity.com. Music on this podcast is provided by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com and is licensed under a Creative Commons license.